0: Good morning, Central Christian College. It is a pleasure and a joy to be joining you today. I want to say a special thanks to Elijah for arranging for us to join you uh, amongst so many other colleagues that are serving as missionaries around the globe. This whole idea of Missionary Monday, what a cool idea. That is just fabulous. So thanks again. I also wanted to give a shout out to Julius, Richie, Damian, Ethan, and Koki because you guys have been praying for us. We thank you, we received your written prayers. Um, They're very touching and we know the Lord, our Father is hearing your prayers. So thanks for doing that for us. You don't have to do that, but we are grateful. And I hope that uh, we can meet sometime and I can thank you in person. Well, my name is Gene Hall and my wife Minori and I serve and live in Tokyo, Japan. We also serve in Southeast Asia. A little later, I'm gonna be talking a little more about our work here and what we're doing. But first, I just wanted to share with you um, about God's call. God comes calling. He calls each and every one of us. How many of you uh, use a ringtone on your phone to identify the caller, whether it be a family member or a friend? So you know whether you want to pick up or uh, ignore or run for the hills, right? Uh, my daughter is the ringtone person in our family. Uh, she, uh, when she calls mom, it's chimes. When she calls her younger brother, it's playtime. And when she calls dad, it's suspense. I don't know what that's all about, but nevertheless, it is what it is. Well, I'm wondering, When God comes calling, what would God's ringtone be? How might he identify himself? Maybe the hallelujah chorus? That'd be cool. Well, we don't know that God God comes calling, and he calls each and every one of us. Um, We have this wonderful gift of prayer. He primarily uses his word to speak to us. He puts uh, desires and promptings in our heart, and he brings people along. To give us guidance and and direction as well. And then we funnel that or we screen that all through the scripture. That's where it has to pass the scriptural test. So we have confidence in knowing that God truly did speak to us and is doing this on our behalf. So today I want to talk about two parts of that call. I had three parts, but um, it was too long, so I narrowed it down to two. So you can say now, Praise the Lord for shorter messages. The first part of a God's call is we are called to belong to Christ. We're called to belong to Christ, and we find this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It reads, this is Paul writing to Timothy, his young protege. He, that's God, saved us and did what? Called us. Called us to be his own people, not because of what we had done but because of his own purpose and grace he gave us this grace by means of christ jesus before the beginning of time so first and foremost beginning uh, center and end the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end god calls us to be his own people god calls us to belong to his son christ I think back to um, my own journey. My parents dedicated me as a baby, but shortly thereafter, um, my father lost faith, so he he left the church. We we as a family left the church and he actually left the Christian faith. And so I don't recall growing up um having prayers in the home or or the Bible being opened and read together or any conversation about God. I mean, there could have been, I just wasn't aware of it. Um, and then the material around the house lended itself more to a evolutionary viewpoint and a more just a secular kind of life. Maybe more, my father later on said he viewed himself as more as agnostic. So um, it was in the midst of this, at the age of seven, I was outside, I was playing baseball using the slant of the pitch of the roof Um, uh, uh, the garage roof, and I threw the ball up over the top of the other side of the roof. I went around, there's this mile-high weeds, and I said, I'm never going to find my baseball. Suddenly, um, interjected into that thought was this, this, ask me. And immediately I knew in my seven-year-old mind, um, God was calling And he was inviting me to ask him to help me find my baseball. So I did. I said, Lord, or God, I don't know how I addressed him, uh, help me find my baseball. You know what? I found my baseball. Two profound things happened in my life at that moment in time. First of all, I knew God existed. Whereas prior, he wasn't on my radar. I was just running about or walking about the earth, minding my own business. And secondly, he cared about a kid and his baseball. And that's had a profound impact on my life. So in essence, though, it was the first step, step toward faith. Um, God stepped into my life. He called me to be his own. And then one year later, I met um, a couple friends on, on elementary school campus. I was eight then. I was probably around third grade. Shane and Clark Johnson said, hey, Gene, you want to go to Sunday school with us? And I said, "Mm, sure, why not? So I went to Sunday school with them. Their mom taught. And this is what I remember. Jesus loves you. So within a year span, um, I discovered that God existed. He cared about a kid like me. And then I learned that he sent his son Christ and that his son loved me. And I believe that. And I respond to that. And I was baptized at the age of eight. There's more to my story, but I wanted to emphasize this part because it was at this time, God called me to belong to him before I knew anything, before I had done anything for him or I deserved anything. It was all by his grace and his plan and his purpose. Someone has talked about um, the call of God like this. The calling to follow Christ lies at the root of every other calling. So many of us are pumped and excited about our future and what we're doing. And hopefully most of us know what our major is and kind of have an inkling of where we're going. If you don't, no worries. I didn't figure that out until I was at least a junior in college. And even then, I, I wasn't that clear. I was just kind of taking the next step. So rest assured, God's leading you. Um, don't sweat it, really don't sweat it. I know everything tells you to sweat it, but don't. God's in control. He's leading you. By the way, that's free. That's not part of my message. So the calling to follow Christ lies at the root of every other calling. God came calling me as a a little boy. And um, today, I hope I'm more in love and I'm closer to the Lord than I was then. And that relationship continues. That relationship will continue for the rest of his life. And then in eternity, we actually will meet Christ face to face. And it'll just get more glorious and more wonderful as time goes on. So make sure that no matter what uh, your aspirations are and your dreams and hopes for the future are, that Christ is at the center of it all, from start to finish. So we are called to belong to Christ. And secondly, we're called to a good work. We are called to a good work. For this, we turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. You may have remembered this passage. Uh, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's how I memorized it when I was younger. But I love this message translation. It reads like this. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus, to join in him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do. work we had better be doing. There's a Christian leader and an advocate for social justice and change, change in, a, in Japan. Um, he was born around the late 1800s and lived well into the mid. Um, 1900s and beyond. His name was Toyohiko Kagawa. He was born in Kobe, Japan. He was noted as saying this, I read in a book that a man called Christ went about doing good. It is very disconcerting to me that I'm so easily dissatisfied or so easily satisfied with just going about. So Kagawa Sensei speaks to our kind of human nature just to get busy and do stuff, thinking we're being productive, when in reality, we're just doing stuff. And so, it's part of our job and our role as, as we mature in Christ is to discover our gifts, our talents, our spiritual gifts, and then the good work that God desires and has called us to do. Now, as Christians, Generally speaking, we're all called to good works. We're called to believe in Jesus, to follow him day by day faithfully, um, to walk with him, and to serve others in Jesus' name by loving them, praying for them, helping with their practical needs, um, taking care of others, all, all these things. That's a general doing good works. And every Christian is called to that general living out the gospel each and every day of their lives but there's a specific good work. And let me tell you, Kagawa's specific good work. Uh, Kagawa was born, as I mentioned earlier in Kobe, uh, Japan, and his um, parents died, I wanna say around, he was around the age of four when they passed away. And a missionary couple from that area took Kagawa in and raised them as their own son. And uh, just gave him an education, took very good care of him, gave him all the comforts that a child would expect to have. And he lived a very happy life. When he was a young adult, uh, college age, um, he began to truly seek God and seek God's good work for him. And what he came to discover over a period of time was that he felt God was calling him to leave the comforts of his home and move and serve the inner city population of kobe, Japan. It was extremely poverty stricken and um, not only not only just to serve that population but actually to move to the inner city and to live amongst them and that 's exactly what he did as a matter of fact he um, through the Uh, through the ministry of his life, over the decades, he planted churches, he established schools, and hospitals. So he did this amazing work, simply submitting himself, leaving the comforts uh, of home, and going in and doing the good work. So he wasn't just about doing stuff or doing works, but he discovered God's good work for him, and he poured himself wholeheartedly into it. And I just love how he he saved souls right that's the church he met physical needs that's the hospital and then he transformed minds um and and educated people so they can live faithfully for god but also live faithfully in society and in the culture so that begs a question for all of us and it's it's this what does going about doing good look like for you and for me What does going about doing good look like for you? Some of you may have identified what that is, and that's why you're in college and you're preparing yourself and equipping yourself. And by the way, you're in an amazing place. I've heard many testimonies and good things that are happening at Central Christian College, and so I just wanna affirm the good work that's going on there. So you're very fortunate to be in that place being equipped to then be launched into the world and the future that God has in store. So some of you have a a good idea. Some of you have no clue on the planet what lies ahead, but I just want to reassure you that's okay because life is an adventure with the Lord and you, there's plenty of time to discover all that. I was one of those kind of clueless persons myself and God was very patient, but I had fun. I was kind of a, uh, ignorance is bliss kind of clueless. So, I had to fun along the journey and discovered what God had in store, and it's been a blast, let me tell you. So let me transition now and talk a little about my family. Um, I mentioned my wife there in the center, Minori. She, uh, by the way, we've been married 26 years, and she's definitely the better half. I um, uh, tell you straight up, she teaches at the Christian Academy in Japan here in Tokyo. She's an intermediate Japanese teacher. So she teaches all the way from elementary school up through high school. Um, Of course, I'm Jean. And then our daughter, Mika, there. Um, She is living in Arizona, going to college. She's a senior this year. And then our son, Iwa, just graduated from Christian Academy in Japan. And he's now in Oregon, ready to start his first year of college. So they're having the time of their lives. Really quickly, I want to tell you uh, how we got to Japan. Like, how did this all happen? Many people do ask us this. Um, three years ago, we were minding our own business. We were pastoring in the Los Angeles area and um, really just having a good time. We, we love pastoring. Uh, L.A. is, it maybe to some people, it's a scary place, but we felt like it was home and um, we had a good relationship with. Our members and we loved our neighbors and it was just um, home for us. And I decided to take a sabbatical after about 20 some odd years in full-time pastoral ministry. And I I went to Southeast Asia and I joined Eric Spangler in Nepal. And then we went on to Cambodia to do leadership training. We had uh, a number of leaders show up in Kathmandu and non-pen, and uh, we just spent a couple weeks of training and uh, doing leadership development there. I loved it. I got to meet a lot of new people, visit new culture, and really just be inspired by how God is growing the church and how faithful uh, the leaders and the disciples in Southeast Asia are. Um, Came back home. I was a day before resuming my duties of preaching and other pastoral work and I got an email from Eric Spangler, and it read like this. Hey, Gene, loved hanging out and doing ministry in Asia with you earlier. Uh, I've been talking with Bishop Matt Thomas, who was the bishop at the time, and we think you guys would be a great fit uh, for our team in Asia. Would you consider coming over here? When I read that email, my honest uh, response was, yes. Like I was so pumped. I was literally Googling and I was halfway to Asia and I was just having a fun time and dreaming and scheming. I went to my wife, Minori, let me go back here. And she's more like, what? And just to give a a little bit of background, we're raising a family. It's not just like you can uproot and move halfway around the world that easily. And we had also a few years prior, uh, bought our dream home. It was beautiful, overlooked the city. Um, we were just in awe. We pinched ourselves like we uh, have this beautiful family living in this beautiful home. We're serving a church. We love the people. We love the area. We have good neighbors. We have a good relationship. We've had opportunities to witness to them. Why would we want to leave? So that's why my wife said, what? So we decided, well, we I guess we better pray about this. So um, we prayed together, we independently prayed, and we came back together. And lo and behold, we both felt a confirmation and a call from the same passage of scripture. comes from Isaiah 6. It's the call of Isaiah. Um, and it reads, um, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? So that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said, who will go for us? And both my wife and I could link arms and say, here we are send us. Here we are, send us. So that was step one. And then we went to our daughter and said, hey, uh, we got this invitation to Asia. What do you think about that? And she goes, well, next year I'm going to be senior. I'll be wrapping up. I've got college plans. I think I'm going to go off and do that. You guys head off to Asia, enjoy yourself. Sayonara. We kind of looked at each other like, wow, that worked out nicely. Then we went on to our son Iwa. And mentioned that we had an opportunity to move to Asia. What do you think? He goes, yeah, I want to go. And we go, really? And He goes, yeah, I want to move to Japan. And you know We got to give it to our son because he was going into his senior year. He was going to be a senior and we're asking him to leave all his friends where he grew up um, and, and all his teachers and that whole environment. And yet he was all in. Matter of fact, when he went back to school and told everybody, he kind of became a celebrity. Everyone's kind of jealous that he was leaving. They're like, whoa, wait. we got to come visit you. Don't, don't, don't forget us. Um, so, And then when he said, I want to live in Japan, God just confirmed where we would be living. So in essence, he spoke it into the heart of our son. Japan's where I want you to be. And that was where our heart was already. Minori is from Japan, from Osaka. Her family lives there. Um, We had lived in Japan prior. Japan's always been on our radar. Uh, For literally 30 years, we've served in the Japanese, Japanese Japanese-American environment in the U.S. So this just seemed like a very natural door to open up. So what do we do in Asia? Of course, my wife teaches. We um, network with the Japan Free Methodist Church. And, um, of course, we network with all these countries in Southeast Asia that you see on the map there. Um, Our tagline is simply this, we develop faithful leaders who develop faithful leaders. And that comes right out of 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things you have heard from me, this is Paul writing to Timothy, the things you have heard from me, uh, heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So our role is really just to come alongside, to serve people, and then just share and and pour into them all that we've learned following Christ all these years um, in ministry, in our own relationship of marriage, and then uh, raising kids, all of that we get to pour into others. And it's been such a joy. And we're um, thankfully, we're just beginning. This is just the beginning for us. Well, we thank you for the opportunity again to share with you and meet you. Um, We'll actually be sharing one more week next week and uh, excited about that. But as we close today, one of the cool things about um, all this Missionary Monday emphasis is um, every week you tune in, you're hearing a different story from a different family or a couple or individual from around the globe. And when I, listen to a story I can't help but get involved it's like when I used to watch football games by halftime I was out in the in at the park nearby playing with friends we just couldn't watch the game we had to get in it and, and play the game and that's what God's really calling us to he's calling you and I to remember that we're called to belong to Christ that we belong to him we're his people and that he's calling us to this good work he's equipped us and he has a specific Purpose in mind, a place in mind, a people in mind, a a location and time in mind, and and He will reveal that to us. So, um, as you've taken this journey with us today, um, if your heart's cry is, Lord, I want that, I want to have a closer walk with you, I want to walk with you faithfully, I want to serve daily, just loving people, praying for them, meeting needs, and then I don't want to miss your call on my life. Here am I, send me. If that's you, will you just pray with me today? Father, we just thank you for um, your call on our lives. And first and foremost, you call us to belong to your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you revealed yourself uh, uh, to each and every one of us. And um, you made us your own, that we're your sons and your daughters. We're family in Christ now, and nothing and no one can take that away. And in that security and in that identity, Lord, we respond to your call, that, that, to that good work. So I just pray you would guide each and every one, of, uh, from the president to the faculty and the staff and the students. Lord, just stir up and uh, refresh um, their walk with you and give them new opportunities, maybe as a, as a um, college you're opening, going to open new doors for them to serve and be very fruitful and equip and multiply many leaders. I don't know what you have in store. And then, of course, individually, you have uh, have calls upon these students and, and the leaders there at Central Christian. I just pray your blessing upon them. May they enjoy the journey and may they give all their worries, their concerns to you And we know, Lord, you're faithful. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Take care. God bless you. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.